Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend podcast, sponsored by Caterpillar and 4constructionpros.com. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey, and today I'm joined in the studios with having Jason Hurtis, our specialist from Caterpillar on construction materials, quarries, and aggregates, and also Caterpillar specialist Lonnie Fritz, heavy construction and road building. Guys, Boy, we just continue to focus on equipment, and we've talked so much about it in different capacities and different podcasts, different angles. Well, here's a different angle even yet. What percentage should be budgeted to keep equipment maintained? And Lonnie, talking with you just before we got started, I know you have the exact number that every contractor should be posting, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. It's uh, twenty twenty two point eight seven six five. So if they adhere to that, Brad, they should be very profitable. Okay, let's keeping... end this podcast right now. Then, <laughs> no, actually, in, in all seriousness, Brad, it that number, as you asked, what percentage should be budgeted to keep equipment maintained? Maintained to me is preventative maintenance and repair. That's yeah. the two main components, right, to maintain our machines maximizing uptime, right? And, and reliability on those machines. That percentage is unique to each and every contractor out there. Each of you listening on the phone, I bet would give a maybe a percentage similar, but even a little bit different. Yeah. And I applaud you for knowing that percentage because what that's told us is you are looking at your historic data. Yes. You have summed up all cost labor to maintain You've summed up all materials, all parts, all fluids, all filters, anything and everything you put into that machine post-purchase while it is going through its first life cycle or even that second life cycle, all needs to be summed up and divided by one simple number, the hours it ran yeah. over the costs that were incurred. And, and it's very unique, I say, because it depends, again, what material you're in. Is it abrasive material? Is it a softer material? What's your overall environment? Is it a higher altitude or lower altitude? What's your ambient temperature? You know, in a snow state, it is not uncommon to switch out lubricants. I know customers, for example, in the northern part of the United States, they have to switch between viscosities for the summer blends versus the winter because of the different uh, lubrication specifications and what have you to best maintain their machines just from a temperature standpoint. Um, we all know dust usually plays into our environment. Corey and I are gets for Jason, construction for me. Dust is usually somewhat present. Obviously, we try to use dust suppression. So with all that being said, the, mor the moral of the story here is each of your job sites are unique within your own company unique across, let's say, just in North America and this audience here. And therefore, all those factors play into that calculation. And what is it you need to budget on an hourly basis, which is usually the easiest way to track it when it comes down to maintaining equipment twofold, preventive maintenance and repair? Well, that's that's so well said. You know, Jason, I can't think of a, another specialty within the industry than the one you deal with in, in construction materials and quarries and aggregates. These owners know their cost. Take us down the road a little bit, though, on the importance that many of these contractors and owners play toward having a budget for equipment maintenance. Well, you're right. Quarry and aggregates and sand and gravel, those customers, I mean, they are very cost conscious and they track it, which is what Lonnie mentioned is the very first important step 
and figuring out how much you need to budget is track what you what you did or what you are doing. Um, and they have it pretty sophisticated. A lot of the quarry customers I work with, whether it's, you know, take it to the bank number or not, they're budgeting 20 to 30% for maintenance. And a lot of that depends on, do they have their own maintenance group? You know, do they have their own technicians? Um, if they don't have their own technicians, then, you know, your cost is a little bit different because you have to farm that out. Um, a lot of our customers have been using dealer technicians in a capacity called a resident technician. So the technician's actually a, an employee of the cat dealer, but they go to the customer's job site every day. That's the very okay. first place that they report. And they go through the machines, they'll fix anything that comes up in the walkarounds or anything that the operators noticed, um, do any type of updates that, the, that is required on the machines, and then they may go to another job site in the afternoon, for example. Um, another thing that a lot of Corey customers are looking at to supplement um, a lot of their maintenance costs or, uh, or repair costs are, you know, extended warranties, as well as a customer value agreement, um, whether a local dealer where it puts a lot of that maintenance burden, whether it's, you know, parts delivery on time or parts drop boxes or scheduling maintenance, you know, based on vision link and hour levels to, to one, maximize the uptime. Because ultimately, that's what everyone's after. It's it's the uptime. Nobody wants to have a maintenance budget. Nobody wants to have a downtime budget, you know, but it's a necessary evil in, in the heavy equipment business or any type of business. And the more things you can do to mitigate that, to plan for it, and the smarter you can be around budgeting for it, the more cost effective you'll be in your operations. Lonnie, in our discussion, I really wanted to pin down, we get to get a little bit deeper on the budget issue. When you look at when the contractors you've dealt with, what are some things, I know you've mentioned a few things earlier, but what might be some specific areas that they ought to be aware of that could be cost that ought to go into thinking about that budget for their equipment? Yeah, if you want to take a you know comprehensive, holistic approach to budgeting for not only preventive maintenance, but also repair, I always like to say, you know, it's from the front dozer blade to the to the rear, you know, to the, the counterweight, the ripper, the winch, whatever it may be, and everything in between. And how do we best take that comprehensive look at what's inside this machine? You know, some minds may go to SOS sampling, a very common industry term, you know, for really looking at the chemistry of the lubricants and making sure we don't have those fines or shavings and, and where inside the machine uh, that may be accelerated, where that could lead to a catastrophic failure. But also leveraging technology, specifically the CAT Inspect app, uh, inspections that are written by uh, Caterpillar product support experts from the individual product groups by serial number of the machine to give a solid look into that daily walk around, looking at things um, that, that are wear items, that are maintenance items, and even repair items to make sure that we're taking the health of that machine from the field that we can visually see and sending that into the office for actionable items. Now, there's several different things, again, on the telematic side um, that give you insights into your machine's health, whether it be fault codes or alerts, those things that really are triggering on the machine back to the back office um, that help you be preventive in addressing topics and addressing those situations and issues with the machines, again, before they become catastrophic. So when we look at budgeting, we need to have that comprehensive top to bottom uh, plan in place for maintenance and repair and then we need to track 
you know, it's one thing to forecast, but where do we really get the accurate data is when we're actually tracking what cost are we putting into the machine divided by those hours. And, and, yeah. and some, again, delve into that a little deeper than others. But the closer you get to that true cost, yeah. you can budget, you can expect for it. You can put that into your bids and make sure that you are getting that best return on investment and back to, you know, total cost of ownership of that machine. Man, that's really good stuff. That's spot on. You know, most contractors realize very soon that, you know, you don't make money on equipment unless it's up. So we talk about uptime versus downtime. Um, Jason, let me go back to you for a moment. You know, you shared something earlier about a budget range of 20 to 30%. I'm not, I'm not holding you to that. But when you think about that size of commitment to maintenance, I know it's important. What types of things go into that budget when you're talking with the people that are purchasing the, the, the big stuff for the, the materials, plants, and the quarries and the aggregates? Well, it's a couple of different things. One, it's what most of uh, my customers call consumables. So oils, filters, belts, hoses, you know, that's kind of one part of the bucket uh, for, for the budget or for the maintenance costs. The other piece is more um, tangible or bigger items. Tires are a huge expense in quarries, whether it's on the haul trucks, the loaders. Um, so replacing tires, cutting tires are a big expense for them. And that would all come out of the maintenance. Cutting edges, teeth, teeth and segments, you know, based on the material that they're, they're digging in, you know, digging in granite, your, your budget for GET is going to be significantly higher than if you're digging in uh, high calcium limestone or if you're digging in sand. So those sort of things also come into play. And then the life cycle itself of the machine, a lot of them will amortize the life cycle of the machine into their right. maintenance. So if they plan on keeping the machine for 15,000 hours, they right. know from all the information that the manufacturers put out that Lonnie mentioned that, Hey, at 10,000 hours, I may be looking at a hydraulic pump. At 15,000 hours, I may have to do a, a valve lash adjustment, or I may need to do a top-end re type repair. So they'll amortize that all back into the maintenance budget based on their life cycle plan for that particular machine. So the basic answer is consumables plus the hard iron plus the life cycle bread. Jason, let me, ask, let me stay with you for just a moment because I, I think we mentioned this earlier. You know, obviously we buy, if, if we purchase a new piece of equipment, we have a warranty, obviously, for a period of time. But let's say we've gone past that warranty. When might it make sense to have, continue to have a, uh, in this case, Caterpillar tech come out and service periodically? Uh, and if so, should that be made a part of your maintenance budget? I would highly recommend that, and I highly recommend that to my customers. Each of our dealers have individuals that are called PSSRs, Product Support and Service Reps, and that's their job, is to come out and work with a customer, help them decide, do I need to do an undercarriage right now? Can I just do a, a turn? Um, do I need to replace the GET? Can I, can I rotate it? Should I rotate it now? Um, and if I do, when should I get new parts on order to be ready to replace that? That's what, all the things that a a, a dealer product support and service rep will help the customer think through, help them manage from a budget standpoint, as well as help them manage from a parts inventory standpoint. Obviously, nobody wants, you know, parts sitting on the shelf for a year or two years that you're not going to use. You want it almost just in time and, and mm -hmm. they can easily help you, you know, with that and then make sure you got the right parts in the right place at the right time and also schedule 
you know, supplementary techs. So you have your own technicians, but maybe for this particular job, it would go twice as fast if you had a dealer tech working with your tech or, you know, if you had an additional boom truck in addition to your boom truck to do whatever type of repair, uh, they can help you think through all that, schedule that, budget it, and get that done as cost effectively as possible. I really appreciate that insight. Let, let me leave you with one last question for both of you, and I don't think it will require a lot of, lot of time for this. You know, it's always amazing to me, and, and I think it was, Lonnie, you may have said this, Jason, you may refer to it as well. Tires are often something I find that's not always included in, in, a, in a contractor's budget. It, the other stuff is oil, hydraulic fluid, that kind of stuff. But they sometimes tend to get caught off guard with tires. And the last question I have for both of you guys real quickly is this. What might be some items that, quite honestly, a contractor might not always think about to include as a part of that maintenance budget for their equipment? Yeah, and, and to your point is is tires. You know, it's been a resource that has been constrained. So I know customers, whether it be in South America or even here in North America, Brad, they're buying tires in advance. Um, so, you know, wheel tractor scrapers, you know, Jason and I's products overlap with coring construction trucks, large wheel loaders, depends on the size of the road construction project or what it is the customer's doing as to if they have tires or not, you know, outside the quarry and aggregate space. Um, so the other things that commonly, you know, get overlooked is, you know, are you looking at the engine? Are you looking at the overall powertrain? Are you looking at those ground engaging tools? Is just cutting down on any time it takes to get it from the supplier, meaning your cat dealer, uh, yep. to your job site. What are those items that you're frequently using? Is it that most common filter? Is that most common cutting edge? Is it that most common adapter for that for that tip or you know that actual tooth on the bucket? Um, any of those things that you can do to to streamline your operations and maximize uptime. And, and what some of the listeners may or may not be aware of is the kits that Caterpillar offers. You know, I, I remember finding that special O-ring, you know, buy, yeah. a, buy a Caterpillar O-ring kit, keep it in your pickup truck, definitely keep it on your service truck you um, to eliminate trips and to, um, you know, to maximize that uptime by getting that simple little, very cheap <laughs> O-ring. And I don't mean that in quality, I mean that in cost to put on that machine to get you up and running. So leverage your dealer, ask them about kits, those common pieces and parts that you need where you're not buying them at a one-off, right. you're, you're purchasing them and having them on hand uh, to, to maximize the reliability and that uptime of that machine. Boy, you use that word again, uptime. It's so important. I mean, it's how we make money. We don't make money when the equipment's down. Jason, I'll give you last words here. Any other thoughts on what sometimes is overlooked that they need to be aware of? Tires for us is a big one. Make sure that's in your maintenance budget. Um, your operations guys, a lot of times can help you with the tire budget. Like for example, if you have a lot of, a lot of water in your load zone, that's going to kill your tires. So go talk to your maintenance people, ask them how much budget they have for tires. See if you can borrow some of that into operations and actually fix the problem. So you can reduce the maintenance budget on tires and extend that out. Um, and then GET is the other one. You know, they think, it's a structure. We don't really have to worry about structures. You know, we don't have frames cracking, booms cracking. You know, the bucket and the cutting edge are also a structure. Well, it's not. The cutting edge is a wear item. So make sure the tires and make sure GET, cutting edges, teeth are in the maintenance budget. 
Boy, good stuff again. My gosh, you guys continue to deliver. It's just so great. And, and, and the budget is such an important thing, especially today with our cost appearing to rise just about every time we open the open up our eyes, <laughs> something else has gone up. Well, this has been another successful podcast. You guys are, have delivered once again. We, again, thank you, Jason and Lonnie, for your time here today. And we thank our sponsor, Caterpillar, and for constructionpros.com. In fact, if you want some more information, Number one, you want to listen to this podcast again, but if you want some more information or maybe even contact us, uh, go to fordconstructionpros.com. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey. Thank you for being a part of our podcast today. Hey, have a great day and a safe one. Want more tips from Caterpillar experts? Go to cat.com and select the Construction Industries page.